What's up, guys? Uh, super pumped for episode two of the YVR Remo show, presented very happily today by our friends at Farm Country. These guys have been awesome to us. We did a little feature at their uh, feature at the brewery last week, which is a whole lot of fun. Um, very excited about the topics. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus and how that impacts your mortgage. Talk a little bit about uh, multiple offers are back. Yay. And then uh, I think last but not least, and one of the most exciting things that we talked about today was upsizing, um, but not just upsizing, how we're actually teaching our clients to like create wealth without increasing their budget. Super pumped. So guys, listen in uh, with my partner here, Derek Williamson on my uh, camera. I think it's my camera left and my right. <laughs> and then Dean Lawton on my camera right and my actual left. Listen, guys, this is going to be a good episode. Pay attention and let us know what you think. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket create wealth in real estate and simplify the complicated. This has been a pretty interesting last couple of weeks uh, with real estate. There's always something interesting in Vancouver. Um, more specifically, the fact that we're going to start talking about tonight and we're going to start off talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have bottles on our heads, but uh, it's probably it's making, should. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. It is making an impact in our industry. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, no, it's not funny. Oh my God, that sounds terrible. It's crazy to see that the impact of this virus has gone so far to the point that we're talking about what is the impact on your mortgage interest rate. Unreal, unreal. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, uh, it's, it's a global issue, clearly. It's making an impact on the stock market and the bond market, which uh, we won't dive too deep, too deeply into, but... Uh, when when those things start to happen, we start to see fixed interest rates decline. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 true. And so, uh, basically, like to to bring it back, what Dean's mentioning here, what you're saying is uh, right now uh, the bond market itself has seen a decline. And and why do you know or explain to everybody out here why we're seeing a decline in the bond market? Yeah. So there's there's fear. I got to stay close to this mic, right? There's fear um, about the Chinese economy because of this virus. Like, and what does that mean? It means that quite literally, there's a ton of sectors that are dropping. So as an example, like manufacturing is at an all time slow, because there's 40 plus million people on lockdown, like companies are not in operation as of right now until February 9th in Wuhan, China. Um, travel, like flights are getting turned around that are flying into China, they're having to turn around. There's no flights going to China or coming out right now. That's a massive, massive industry. Tourism, um, oil, all these different pieces are getting affected, which can drop the economy in China, which is also gonna affect the global economy. So what that means is that people are pulling out of certain stocks. They're pulling their money out of stocks because they feel that it's risky and they're putting the money back into bonds. When the bond market gets flooded because too many people have invested their cash, it's going to essentially flood it and bring the prices down. Yeah, it's super common in any economic crisis that we see this type of activity. 
bond rates are secure. They're it's a sec- very secure investment in a lot of people's opinion. And that's why a lot of money flows that direction. And something else that we usually see go up in, in these types of situations is gold. A lot of people will buy into gold and uh, it's, it's just a tangible thing. You know, if there's a disaster, you're always going to have your, your bars of gold. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so how is any of that relative to a mortgage interest rate? Um, mortgage interest rates are typically set, they're relative to where the bond market sits, right? So if the bond market's dropping, that means that five-year fixed interest rates are probably going to be dropping as well. So there's a lot of talks, a lot of prediction that five-year fixed interest rates are going to be coming down. We've seen a few big players, RBC, drop some rates today, uh, and there's a lot expected to follow. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Um, yeah, you wanted me to touch on the variable piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you discussed with the interest rates going down about uh, 0.35%, a lot of people would say, well, how come the fixed rates haven't dropped that much? I think a lot of that's speculation right now. They're sitting back and saying, well, you know, is this going to be one week, two weeks, three weeks? If the, if the trends continue, you will see fixed rates uh, drop. Now, that being said, I posted something on my IG story on my Instagram. If you're not following, follow the Thrive Mortgage Co. or the Mortgage Pug um, on Instagram there about this. And I had a lot of people reach out and say, hey, uh, you know, my fixed rate dropped where I'm at right now? And the answer to that question is not quite yet. Um, but one of the alternatives, if you're buying a property right now, is to consider the variable rate mortgage. And the reason for that is because you can actually, in many cases, not always, but in many cases, you can actually lock in if the rates drop uh, at whatever that rate is at that time. So for example, if you buy your place and you get in the next two weeks and the fixed rates haven't dropped and you wanted to go fix, stick with the variable, uh, try it out. It actually might be a better long-term fit for you, but uh, you can actually just convert into that fixed rate or pay the max three-month interest penalty and get out to another lender. So that's probably a good call. Um, I think that's all we want to touch on today with the uh, the virus. Not going to get super deep in that. We've got some big, thrilling conversations about the market and, and some opportunities out there right now uh, as well. Anything else you guys want to talk about with that virus? or Only thing I was going to mention is like how long can this go on for and how low can rates really get? Yeah, it's good. That's like totally unknown. But from what we understand, it'll continue to happen. They'll continue to drop at a very low pace um, until there are talks and reports of the virus essentially phasing out. Like that's when things would start to change back and people would go back into the stock markets because they have more confidence. Yeah. So who knows? It's completely up in the air. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to get into the multiple offers, but today I, I think we do want to forecast of what we're going to talk about today. Like our big piece is something that we're super excited about that we're helping people do right now. And you want to forecast that or just jump right into the multiple offers? Yeah, no, like basically uh, what we're going to obviously key in on there is going to be how you can upsize your home. Uh, a lot of buyers right now are actually making that step and uh, we're teaching people how they can do that or people who never thought they could do that and actually keep their budget exactly the same their payments the same as what they paid in a townhome and make a whole crap load more yeah. money so building wealth through upsizing essentially so let's like dig in here to this multiple offer thing this is more of a topical conversation because it's been coming up quite a bit um you know what's interesting to me is if we're talking about interest rates potentially declining along with listings being at an all-time low right now prices now starting to come back up and buyer activity being through the roof all these things are really basically signs that we're almost and we i wouldn't go all the way back to 2016 levels but it almost appears that we're going back in that direction so you know basically what does that all mean so if you're not really privy to the, to uh multiple offers and what that is it basically means if you're you're buying a home uh, or selling a home for that matter and there's multiple people who are making a decision to bid on your home that's what it is 
pretty simple. Um, so that's kind of what's going on right now. And we're seeing this everywhere from a Vancouver condo in particular, like anything below 650, uh, all the way to, you had a client yesterday in Tawasson uh, or Ladner. Ladner is a million fifty, over a million dollars. There's multiple offers. Yeah. Yep. And then all the way to, uh, to uh, properties out in uh, Abbotsford. So we're seeing it kind of everywhere. Yeah. So I, the theme was it was a buyer's market. We're clearly quickly shifting into a seller's market. So, you know, some of the secrets to going subject free is I, I pause to say that because it's not something we would recommend. We don't recommend going subject free. But if, if that's something that you're going to consider, always get an inspection at a showing. It's something that you can just get some peace of mind before going in and actually making that offer. Pre-approval letters are key. It's something we spend a lot of time on and and they're you know a really diligent underwritten pre-approval letter is can really help you get a get a strong offer in into a, a into a seller and then short subject period so you know if you are going to make a subject to uh, you know a subject free offer or sorry a subject to you know anything you can go shorter with some of these aspects taken care of ahead of time uh, but again like it's really not something we want to recommend doing yeah. So just to recap, like if you, if you're in a position where you've maybe written on a few different properties, you've lost out, you're pissed off. That's what happens to a lot of people. Like you get discouraged, right? You find a property you love, you can't buy it. Find another property that you kind of like, can't, still can't get it. And now you're just trying to get any property that comes on the market. So is everybody else. But if you end up having to go subject free, obviously it's a very thorough discussion with your mortgage broker before doing so, making sure that as much due diligence is done. So like Dean said, if you're doing a showing before you write that offer, bring an appraiser and bring an inspector. It's gonna cost you about 800 bucks to get those things done, but those are no longer subjects in your offer. So the seller sees that, it gets much, much better. Um, in addition to that, pre-approval letters like Dean touched on, uh, very important, but it depends where they come from. 99% of the time, if you talk to your bank and they do a verbal application, they'll give you a pre-approval letter, but you are not pre-approved because they haven't done the due diligence to actually review your credit, your Seen income, your qualification. Could you imagine going subject free, going back to your bank and they tell you you don't qualify? Yeah. Right. So make sure that whoever is giving you that letter, they've collected every document under the sun, everything down to your ID and your void check to make sure everything is going to work out for so you. So just talk about this from an experience standpoint, like back in 2017, 2018, I, specifically 2017, um, this was happening on, I'd say at least 50% of offers that we were working with were going to the point where they had to go into multiple offer situations. And uh, you know, just doing your work ahead of time made a big difference. I mean, let's be honest here, it's stressful as heck for the buyer. It's great for the seller. This is a crazy time of year because you start to see uh, real estate agents who don't have a lot of skill on the sell side starting to get out there which means havoc for the buyer so as someone who's getting into the market if that is you and you're making a decision to sell or buy it's even more important to make sure that person you're working this is is like is really good it knows what they're talking about it has a lot of experience and hopefully they've had some experience in this type of a market because it's completely different um last year with the timelines that we had 10 12 14 days you know any buyer or a buyer's agent had time to just kind of go out, make offers, make decisions later. It's flipped, like it's really flipped. Like last year, the work was all on the seller and the seller agents. This year, it's all on the buyers. So it's really interesting. And obviously that's where the money comes in. So yeah, I, I mean, one key piece is we may fully qualify you as a borrower and do our due diligence, but the bank or the lender has to approve that property. They're gonna look at that property and typically an appraisal doesn't get done ahead of time before making an offer, it's not typical. So, um, you know, ha having, 
there are some steps we can do. There are some times where appraisal can get waived, but it's very, very risky to go in subject free. Just, just it, it is right. Bruce, preach, yeah. preach. All right. All right. We got the beer going on now. We're feeling good. Thanks, Farm Country. Um, guys, uh, upsizing right now. So let's talk about this in particular. So the, actually the, the number one uh, type of product on the marketplace right now, at least the fastest increasing price range, is the single family detached home. And that's been for the past few months right now that, that we've seen that uh, property just go. And historically, if you look at single family detached homes compared to strata, there's a much bigger... Uh, appreciation rate, I guess you could call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we So we spent a lot of time trying to understand what was going on there, what was happening. Uh, one of the big things that we noticed was that a lot of people that were making that move were looking for basement suites. So basement suite value actually was increasing uh, and or increasing the value of a home, but not so much quite yet that it was unattainable. So we ran some numbers and kind of started running some scenarios for some of our clients to understand specifically what the cost would be to make these move, these moves and what that could look like. Um, you know, we're going to dig into that and give you some specific examples, but we'll talk also about the long-term value input, you know, standpoint and what that looks like, right? Absolutely. So uh, let's, let's dig into the first example there. Dean, do you want to take it away for me? Yeah. So the first example, this is actually a real life scenario where uh, a client had purchased a townhouse in the Langley area back in 2015, 2016. So they have a, a $350,000 mortgage on, a, on an estimated property value of about $550,000. And we, we ran a scenario based on them keeping that property, comparing it to selling and buying a single family home in the Abbotsford area that had a suite. So the, it, it was amazing to see that the cost to do this monthly was only $50 more and they could obtain the single family home. Yeah, from a lifestyle standpoint, like really what we find that a lot of people who are looking to make this shift, it's more for their kids, their family or yeah, growing families. Kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, just the ability to have or like, dogs. Yeah. Somebody put it to me the other way on this note. That's like, a good point, actually. It, yes. Yeah. The dogs, two dogs <laughs> over there. We should bring them in the photo or in the podcast here in a minute. Um, someone brought this up to me the other day. Uh, there's a lot of people that say, hey, I don't want to buy a property with a suite because I don't want somebody living below me or I don't want to be living yeah, this week. Yeah, so anybody exactly. above me. And uh, someone uh, who's been in the industry a long time made such a fantastic point. They said, you know, when you actually get a place with a suite, you get to pick your neighbor. You get to choose who that is. And the reality is with the vacancy rates being at like next to 0%, you've got your pick of the litter, yeah. so to say. So, I mean, maybe you, maybe you take 50 bucks less or 100 bucks less per month to have somebody incredible in there that's going to be there a long time. If you coming from a townhouse or a condo, or if you dealt with strata, I love strata dealing with it right now. Um, you don't get a choice of your neighbors. You could be there for three, five, seven, ten 10 years and have a complete jerk next door yeah. and you got no recourse. Whereas yeah. somebody downstairs, you got the choice of picking who they are. So, you know, at least you get the benefit of having a yard. You got a place for the kids. You, get, you can do your own improvements with anybody yeah, telling you what to do. Um, I think that's kind of a key consideration, right? Totally. It, it's significant. And and we made a, you know, you may be thinking, how can I possibly buy a single family home for $50 more? Like, how does that work? Do you want to maybe jump Tell into me. those numbers? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I'll break down some numbers, get out your pens and paper if you have them. So 
let's assume that this townhouse, well, this townhouse in Langley was, it sold for 550,000, right? They owed 350,000. They bought it years ago for like 360, 5% down, whatever. Their payments in that scenario, after you factor in strata fees of $300 a month, property taxes of 125 a month, their total cost for their mortgage strata and property taxes was just over $2,000 a month, right? There's no rental income to help out. They're out of pocket $2,000 a month for their townhouse. So, so clearly that strata fee is, is, weighing into this scenario and that's yeah, typically what's over right? yeah 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 it makes a big difference it's like a property tax payment on a single family home yeah so that's the townhouse so as you can imagine if they sold that for 550 uh, they owe 350 you factor in real estate fees uh, legal costs they walk away with about 180,000 175 roughly right so these people specifically bought a single family home in Abbotsford for 850,000 so their down payment on that is 20%, $170,000. So that gives them a mortgage amount of 680, which seems huge. It's almost $700,000. Doubling up the mortgage. That's scary. Yeah, literally almost doubled your mortgage and their mortgage payment because they put 20% down on this purchase compared to 25%, sorry, because they put 20% down on this purchase, we can do a 30 year amortization. So that's the longest mortgage you can, you can obtain. Whereas on the townhouse purchase, when they put 5% down, it was restricted to 25 years. So their monthly payment on the bigger mortgage of 680 is $2,850. Property taxes of 300, but you have to factor in rental income into this situation. So we factored in $1,100 a month of basement suite rental income, which is very conservative. Very conservative. Given the vacancy rates. So after all costs, it costs them $50 a month more to own a detached home compared to the townhouse. So, so you're taking the 1100 and subtracting it from your overall cost to yeah. bring it down to just over $50 more than living in that townhouse. Yeah. Something really interesting about that point is that um, I think what scares a lot of people we're talking to is about the mortgage amount, like $680,000. So um, on that point, you know, the biggest thing is, is how do, how do people even qualify for that? You know? And then, and I think that's where you're working with, you know, mortgage broker instead of a bank here. Cause yeah, just on the qualifying piece, like you might walk into TD bank as an example, and they're going to use 50% of that rental. Fantastic income. bank, by the way. You like them? Yes. <laughs> Good. They're going to use 50% of that rental. Are income they buying you something? To help you qualify? No, no. Is that a plug? Good partner. Good partner. <laughs> Um, they're going to use 50% of the rental income to help you qualify in your application, right? So they're using 550 a month, which isn't going to get you that far. Credit unions, Coast Capital Savings, Envision, Prospera, Westminster Savings, they're going to be much more aggressive using up to 90% of the rental income. So that's going to help you get an extra $100,000, $150,000 of financing in some situations. All right, let's throw some numbers. Let's let's quote the numbers for a second because we're going on forever on that. But Well, well yeah, that's a good point because you know having more debt of 680,000 people think maybe hear the term there's good debt and this is a perfect example of good debt so to jump in those numbers the five-year estimated value so we're using a 2.5 percent appreciation rate which is again very conservative so to have to see where your townhouse would be worth in five years so we start with 550,000 and in five years, that townhouse estimated value would be about $622,000. So a, a roughly an increase of $72,000 in five years. The detached home using that same appreciation rate would be worth $961,000. So an increase of 111. So that's significant right there. 
you know, because you're in a higher, you're in a bigger purchase price or a bigger value, that percentage is going to go up in, in, in a bigger amount. So that's, that's huge right there. I'm going to hop in just because there's probably some people listening. They're like, yeah. whoa, numbers, numbers, numbers yeah. going everywhere. And I'm just going to break this down real simple. And then we can dig into it a little bit deeper is, I mean, first and foremost, um, you got to keep in mind and everybody who's watching this is like, when I hear someone saying I'm going to buy a townhouse because it's cheaper, even though I could qualify for a detached home, like this is where this really matters. Is, is, is it actually cheaper? Like what is the actual cost associated with that? What does that look like? Um, what we're trying to explain here and what we're trying to articulate is that you could actually reduce or keep your cost of living the same. And then over the long haul, see a way bigger increase to your net wealth, the money that you have in your account, the money that you have for retirement, for anything else by making this decision and i don't think this decision is right for everybody obviously there's some maintenance factor and other things and not everybody qualifies for it but as you were illustrating here you know with the value increase of a townhome compared to a house using the exact same approach 2.5 percent conservative growth rate going from a value increase of 72k to a value increase of 111k with the same monthly payment that's pretty big exactly so obviously that's that's a clear correlation to why you know having more debt could benefit you but again this number gets can get even better so because oh you're because oh you're because you're paying down a bigger mortgage you're going to theoretically pay down more of that mortgage in in that same period of time correct yep yeah so you got a bigger payment you got a bigger mortgage you're gonna be paying down more principal so more money of what you owe to the lender is going to be paid down in that five-year period of time creating more equity exactly so with the townhouse in a five-year period of time you're going to pay down roughly fifty-two thousand dollars for this client there they paid down fifty-two thousand in five years in the detached in the single family you're going to pay down ninety-six thousand over that same five-year period so if you add the two together so if you figure out what you would have the, the increase in, in appreciation plus what the the more money that you would have paid down in principal you're ahead of a, you're ahead of the game by roughly eighty five thousand dollars it's huge wow eighty five grand what could you guys do with eighty five grand we've got it here for you no. so so that's 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 good debt in my opinion it is good debt um you know summarize this and, and clean this up we'll go over the key points afterwards but without getting too like i'm going to cut down the technical stuff here because uh let's have a little fun with this conversation i think just basically flipping i'm having fun i'm having a lot of i'm getting dizzy here i'm having so much fun um i think the biggest thing like just while we're talking about this just like on a human level uh because we sound like robots right now is um just the opportunity that we have every day to like reshape and make a change to what someone's actual long-term wealth picture looks like. It's kind of neat. Um, from a from a strategic standpoint and from a technical standpoint, like that's what we do, right? So it makes it a lot easier for us to actually implement this and make this happen. But I guess kind of jumping back into it, can you make this happen? Like, is this something that you're seeing every day? I mean, I can answer that question because yes, we've worked with at least three families this week that we've shown how to do this. And it's a no-brainer. I don't know what you think yeah. about that. I know you can do it because I personally did it about a year and a half ago. Like I, I sold my townhouse. I bought a detached home in Langley with a basement suite. My cash flow is pretty much the same month over month. Um, and it's unbelievable having a nice big yard, big house, big driveway. How's it not having strata? Oh, it's unreal. Unreal. No strata meetings. So, so not only did you just completely increase your lifestyle and you're obviously enjoying it a lot more. But you've theoretically you're earning an additional seventeen thousand dollars a year because of that. Yeah, yeah, cool. for sure. So I mean, some key points just to recap: like, yes, hundred percent, it's achievable. If you're curious, if you want to see what it looks like, 
Jesus. Whoa, whoa, we're getting wild here. Just going to fix up that microphone there. Um, if you're curious, obviously give us a call. We can let you guys know right away if it's going to be feasible. If it's not right now, let's work on a plan so it is in six months or 12 months or two years. Um, but some of the key points here on this whole upsizing strategy is you can, if you have enough equity, you can sell your house, which is going to give you the down payment and your closing costs to, to cover the new purchase, right? So you're not out of pocket at all. That's the ideal situation. On top of that, you're getting a detached home away from a strata from anywhere from 50 to $100 a month, right? And then lastly, like we talked about, detached markets are known to appreciate um, stronger than a strata market would, which is going to create wealth long-term. Absolutely. Man, that was a good recap. I'm feeling jacked. So uh, from coronavirus to creating more wealth in your house, this has been a packed packed episode so um you know listen episode two uh this has been a lot of fun uh three four five six seven eight we're gonna rely on you guys to continue to give us feedback and let us know what you think uh real quick here if anything that you heard today was uh exciting interesting or you want to learn more about it you can reach us at thrivemortgage.ca derek alex uh and dean hit us up on instagram facebook uh we don't charge anything for obviously having a having a chat and helping you out in fact in most cases we don't charge anything at all so we work for free um <laughs> But again, our, uh, plug out of the way here. I just want to thank uh, Farm Country Brewing for supplying us the beer. Apparently, they're going to be on board to supply us beer for the long haul. That's pretty sweet. Hey? Wow. Really? I was unaware. Yes. So uh, depending on how early they arrive next time, you may find a little bit of a looser crowd here. <laughs> it's just been a long day with some fun technically. Um, yeah, guys, we want to hear some feedback on the channel. So if you have any questions, uh, concerns, or you want to let us know what you want to hear about and talk about, we would love to hear that. Thank you for joining us. Talk soon.